BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to get these doggies. They're out of the pan. We got to get them back in the in pan. In the pan, in sure. In the pan. We got to get them over to the last podcast network, Country Jamboree, June 18th, 2022, at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Come and check out all the shows that you love on the last podcast network. We'll be in front of you in our meat space, and we cannot wait to entertain you and have a great time. But for those of you that can't come in person, Go to momenthouse.com slash LPOTL and buy your live stream ticket. Yes, yes, you too can watch us perform our jangly country jamboree from the nudity of your couch. Absolutely fantastic. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you so much for your support. And we are so excited to be at the OG Grand Old Opry. Yeah! Hail yourselves! Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Oh, hello, Ben. We have a bunch of stuff to get to today. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting the show. We will continue to do the best we can in these trying times. Gun reform, it's on the forefront of everyone's mind, including Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. We'll discuss a little bit about what he said uh, earlier this week. Also, we're going to discuss some legislation that is being proposed Some of it bipartisan, Mm. some of it not Mm. when it comes to the federal government and their role in curbing gun violence. Also, the Capitol Hill attack, January 6, 2021. Where were you? What were you wearing? What were you smelling like? We know for a fact we're going to get some answers as the committee begins investigating this Thursday. Looks like the Proud Boys. I don't know what they're proud of because, indeed, they are proud dipshits. They will be commenting under oath in front of Congress, and it'll be interesting to hear just what dumb ideas they had going into the dumb event that is only serious because it attempt, uh, it attempted to uh, upend our entire democratic process. I assume they're going to go there and say, we all had VIP tickets. What we do you have mean? VIP tickets. We could tickets. come. We could come here and, and, and rip apart the place. <laughs> VIP. And also on the piggyback or piggybacking on uh, the Proud Boys, which is ooh, something they love to do on a Saturday night. Ugh. Piggyback. Hey, Barry, it's your turn to get inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is going to fill us in. A little bit on the Libertarian <laughs> oh. Party. Oh. But first, let's talk guns, guns, guns. It's on everybody's mind, as it should. Mm. Obviously, Uvalda, Buffalo. The list goes on and on and on. Something must be done. Interestingly enough, 2022 saw a decline in gun sales for the first time in a long time. Now, before you think, oh, my goodness, maybe people are having enough. 
the number of guns sold is still astronomical. <sighs> this is an article. The title of the article is Gun Sales <laughs> Plunged in 2022. All so, right, they've got my attention. Yes, you might wonder how many guns, what does that mean for gun sales? <laughs> I assume they mean it's because it's only been half a year. So half as many guns has been sold. Right. Already this year, there's been 7,617 gun deaths in America in 2022. And interestingly enough, when it comes to the decline of gun sales, that means woo, the number of guns purchased thus far is only 5,146,500. Now, when they say plunged, they mean from last year where gun sales were 7,760,581. That means that the number of guns sold is down 66%. Sadly, what do you think this means for gun manufacturers? Um, it doesn't seem as if they realize that you can have too many. Oh. Right, because they're not going away. Mm -hmm. This isn't a this isn't a burrito. It's right. not going to sit. My there. gun expired. <laughs> My gun expired. <laughs> I throw it away now. Better get a new gun. I'll put it in the giveaway pile. <laughs> Four hundred million guns in this country. Is it possible the gun manufacturers just reached critical supply? Oh. Is there any more demands? Oh. Everyone has a freaking gun already. Everyone's got it. They that actually makes like really statistic statistically that's the most significant thing you actually that probably happens. Because right. I don't think people have changed their opinions, or at the very least, people who are going to purchase a firearm. Oh, I don't wow. think they've really changed their opinion. I think they might just look around and be like, "This is getting out of hand." Yeah. I got three ARs, Armalite, and I got fifteen <laughs> handguns. How many do I need? Look in the mirror and ask yourself. Right. Yeah. Or look at your family. Look at your wife. Look at your significant other. And I'm sure. Sure, they'll let you know, like, hey, uh, we got to uh, put more TVs in this house than guns because you oh keep shooting all the TVs. Absolutely. You more think the remotes, uh, a gun and vice versa. It's getting annoying, David. More TVs, less guns. Of course, let's remind ourselves what Elvis Presley did when he saw the Beatles on television. Oh, he shot them. <laughs> oh. Not realizing they're not little Brits inside the TV because it's not Willy Wonka. Maybe he was hopped out of his mind or maybe he just wanted to send a message to Panasonic. <laughs> That's pretty nice. And of course, when Nixon was on the TV, he was like, I want to go meet that man. And then he did. Him, man. Yes, then he, he did. did. Indeed. I, I'm that that point that you just made. Just the oversaturation of guns. Right. That would make perfect sense. That why, that's why statistically we're seeing more gun violence. That's why we're seeing more school shootings mm. because just more people have guns. But what that also tells you is that gun manufacturers aren't connecting violence to their product. Sure. They right. it, to them it's just a product they need to sell, and they're selling less of them. So they're not seeing gun violence going up. They're not seeing school shootings going up. All they're seeing is I'm selling less product. Right. But the critical mass point is very interesting. It's basically like whoever was actually going to go out and buy a firearm or multiple firearms, mm -hmm. they've basically done it. They have done and it. And we've reached that point where it's, you know, it's not like the old campaign promise of chicken in every pot because eventually you run out of chicken and you get hungry again. Absolutely. At this point, we have a gun in every single pot and that's it. And then you get to keep that one. And, and you can't boil a gun. So obviously when it comes to the political messaging going forward, it does seem as if there is some movement. Okay. We didn't have much movement after Sandy Hook. We haven't had much movement after Parkland. And to make yourself feel old, it's sad to live in a country where you can age yourself by school shootings. Oh, yeah. 99. Wow. That was Columbine. Columbine. That wow. was. Don't yes. you feel old now? A little bit. 2012 was Sandy Hook. 10 years ago. Wow. And obviously Parkland was already 2018. Wow. So in the wake of these shootings, hmm. 
And they're not recent mass shootings. I hate every article. It's like, we've had recent mass shootings. It's it's been going on for 25 years. I was in high school. Columbine. Literally. Mm -hmm. Chris Murphy, Democrat out of Connecticut, and John Cornyn, a Republican out of Texas. They've both been in office for a long time. Evidently, they have said that they would like to open some bipartisan discussion when leading the talks on gun legislation. Bipartisan federal measures have uh, been attempted in the past, but they have gone absolutely nowhere. As a matter of fact, just four months after Sandy Hook, Joe Manchin and Pat Toomey, no longer in office. Mm. Manchin, of course, being in office, Toomey, his seat may be filled by John Fetterman, who needs a doctor. But is that doctor Oz? I don't think the state is in that (laughs) critical of shape to need a fake television doctor. But nonetheless, this law would have required background checks on all commercial gun sales. However, it failed because it only got 54% of the 60 votes needed to overcome a filibuster. And one of the things that we know about air quotes commercial gun sales is there's a massive gun hole loophole where if you go to a convention, if you go to a gun show, Hey, man, I got some guns in the trunk. Oh, cool. Just pop up the trunk and boom, you have yourself a person-to-person exchange of a firearm, which is not monitored by this federal law. Because that's not commercial. That's, still that's not commercial, right? Exactly. Because right. that's private. So even if even if this commercial thing had passed, it would have not affected these types of transactions at all, correct? Right. And of course, judging from things that Joe Manchin has said in the past and recently, he is very against closing any gun show loophole because in West Virginia, that's a, a big way that they wow. trade arms. Yes. Right. So according to John Cornyn, the lawmakers are discussing gun reforms, they're talking about, quote, banning a category of weapons across the board, a ban for certain high-capacity magazines, or changing the background check system by adding additional disqualifying uh, terms. Uh, He added, if we're actually serious about finding common ground on building consensus, those sorts of things will stand no chance of passing the Senate. He goes on, strengthening mental health, bolstering school security, keeping guns out of the hands of people who are already legally prohibited from having them. Uh, is just simply the beginning, and there's no way that they're going to allow anything that goes further than that. So they're against the idea of banning any weapons uh, at all, whether it be an Armalite 15, and they're against passing uh, any legislation that would limit high-capacity magazines. Now, because of this, Joe Biden came out and said, quote, uh, as a matter of fact, we got Joe right here. Do you want to read that quote there, Joe? Good to see you, Corn Pop. Good to see you too, Joe. Uh, Joe, your shirt's on backwards. <laughs> That's good. My wife, Jill. That's your wife, Jill, did that. Okay. She's she also did. a doctor, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> we need to ban assault weapons in high capacity magazines. And if we can't ban assault weapons, then we should raise the age to purchase them from 18 to 21. Okay. So let's just say we're not going to ban assault okay. weapons or high, high capacity magazines. It didn't happen previously and it probably won't happen today. It seems as if the legislation that's been put forward has been more pro-gun than anybody uh, could even imagine. Big bullets, folks. These bullets really need to speak up and talk about how <laughs> oh, harmful no. it is for them when they get fired all the time. So let's say you don't get to pass a uh, high capacity magazine ban. You don't get to arm a light. You don't do the ban on that. Age 21, this is kind of what we were discussing previously, mm-hmm. and I think that that makes reasonable sense. Thank you. And strengthen background checks, enact safe storage laws, and 
red flag laws, repeal the immunity that protects gun manufacturers from liability, address the mental health crisis, deepening the trauma of gun violence, and as a consequence of that violence, also get back my son Hunter's laptop. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much. And Mr. President, your pants are on backwards now. (laughs) That's Jill, too. That's Jill, too. So... As far as what he is discussing here, strengthening background checks, enacting red flag laws, repealing the immunity that gun manufacturers have, and again, raising the age to 21, I feel like there's some wiggle room in there for possible change. It feels like they're listening to our show. These are all of uh, our yeah. ideas no, that we had all on our own by ourselves. <laughs> Every time we watch our little TV news shows momentarily, it's like, you've just stolen all of our ideas. Right. But we know for a fact you're listening writers for Bill Maher. Whoa! <laughs> Shout out. Now that's a Vatarot. That's a Vatarot. But I mean, also... The, they yeah, only the, steal the good ideas, by the way. Yes. <laughs> all the bombs are not us. No. Um, but the idea, obviously, of suing the gun manufacturers, that's what we mentioned mm-hmm. last time Sandy Hook kind of broke through. Um, this needs to be the norm. I mean, if this Absolutely. shit's going to keep happening and we're going to have thousands and thousands of families losing loved yep. ones to gun violence, then these people should be able to sue the gun manufacturers. And at very least, they need to be able to sue the wee one manufacturers, the ones who <laughs> actively <laughs> sell JR-15s Ooh. for the little school shooter in you. <laughs> I bet you if the just even the idea of being able to sue a gun shop would change the mom and pop gun stores and their the way they sell guns. They would mm-hmm. just immediately change it for them because they yeah. would be smart about it. Same they, with the, the gun show loophole guys, you know, taking them out to the trunk, be like, hold on, if I'm liable, if this does get tracked back to me, and then I'm liable if this gets used in some type of a god-awful shooting, you know, that makes them second guess who they sell these weapons to. And it's one of those things where it's hard to legislate... Um, Common freaking sense. Yeah. If you look yeah. at somebody and you can tell, because we just had a recent shooting as well this weekend where the guy bought it the morning of. Uh, yeah. I just feel like maybe these people are great actors. I don't know. But I feel like <laughs> if I'm going on a massacre that day, I just feel like someone would recognize that guy ain't right today. Like right. you didn't cool your hair or something. Right. We need to yeah. get that guy a blueberry muffin. We need to sit down <laughs> yeah, right. and we need to just watch a program. We need to take a nap and we need to relax. How is there? Maybe there could be classes, um, and maybe not mandatory classes. But if you are a responsible gun store owner, learn the psychology of people. I'm sure many do, but again, they're trying to make money, just like a bartender has to. Just like a bartender has to. If a person looks a little bit unwell that day, maybe say, "Hey, come back another time," or just use your own common sense and stop putting the dollar before people's lives. Mm -hmm. And that's why as sad as it is in this country, that's why there's more talk about cutting into the profits. Once you get them in the wallet money right. talks that's the thing you we vote with our dollars mm-hmm. fernando says uh, i feel every that's month we say that and at the end of the day a lot of these corporations whether it's big opioid pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. or if it's big gun manufacturing companies when you hit them in the wallet that's when they seem to start to listen. Well, they're really struggling because there's only been, there's only been almost six million. It's guns. a real plunge. <laughs> it's a plunge. It's a real plunge. Take the plunge. Uh, Joe Biden continues here. Uh, if you want to read that quote there, Mr. Biden, because this is also exactly what we said regarding people who go into the military at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Look, I know some folks will say 18 year olds can serve in the military and fire those weapons, but that's with training and supervision mm-hmm. by the best trained experts in the world. Don't tell me Oh, raising Uh-oh. the age 
Won't make a difference, Jill. Where are my pills? Uh, Joe, your shoes are on backwards. <laughs> yes, Joe. That's How? your shoe. How? It's very bizarre. I don't, have, a... I don't have real feet anymore. You don't have real feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So that is interesting. <laughs> However, of course, as you can imagine, the idea of bipartisan gun reform or even just this isn't even about guns. <laughs> We're talking about the surrounding things yes. of guns. Like, I'm not even going to take away your gun. Not, right. Yeah. Like, because the idea of <laughs> a ban, whether you want the ban or don't want the ban, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because it's not happening. Right. right? Or at the very least in this in the most mm-hmm. recent cycles right, of our right, political right, office, right. Mm-hmm. of the people who hold political office. So we're not even talking about that. We can't even have a conversation about the surrounding things, which is there are speed limits. Everybody, mm-hmm. You can have a car, yep. but you get a speed limit. Also, when you drive drunk, you get your license revoked yep. or too many speeding tickets, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Of course, there are hacks, grifters, and scumbags like Marjorie Taylor Graham who are on a warpath against any perceived Republican that may support background checks or limiting or raising the age rather from 18 to 21. Marjorie Taylor Graham, she criticized ham and biscuits, y'all. Lindsey Graham. Graham. Oh, heavens, I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> I know you are, Lindsay. Also, I think you have a, is that a little makeup stain, a little, a little, a little no, lipstick stain no, on there. It's just some leftover ham and biscuits on, <laughs> on my face. Leftover ham and biscuits. Maybe your ladybugs have been kissing you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Lindsey Graham uh, said that he is open to voting on gun control legislation. And again, I don't even like the term gun control. This is, what, what would be a better? Gun sensibility? Is, Sensibility, sure. Just practicality. <laughs> gun. Oh, I love that. Gun practicality. Because there's no gun control. Mm, right. The gun is the gun still. The right, gun isn't right. being like, you're bad. Oh. You can buy bad I'm gonna, gun. AR-15s, you need a frowny face. Oh. You need a frowny face on you, AR-15. Put a frowny face on it. Put gun danger awareness. No? Yes. Anything. All these terms <laughs> I'm are trying, way I'm trying. Education. Absolutely. Yeah, Something sure. that Joe should have mentioned as well, kind of did with the military. So this is what Marjorie Taylor Greene said about Lindsey Graham's openness on gun control. This is, uh, I'll do Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, you want to do Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yes. I, don't re- I don't recall. You can do Marjorie Taylor <laughs> I don't Taylor. recall. Her and All Milo right, so, are friends now, right? Yeah, her and Milo Yanniopoulos. He's working for your campaign for free, uh, which is quite hilarious. <laughs> uh, I thought you were against social welfare. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, so you're with us. You're you're just looking so buff and uh, so uh, tactical. Um, What do you think? I've been doing squats all day. You have been, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard when you have to limbo so many truths. You want to hear all about my uh, my workout routine? I actually wouldn't mind it. I I don't recall. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) All right. So, what do you think, Lindsey Graham, Ham and Biscuits, y'all? Is he no more than a Rhino. Oh, he's much more than a rhino. Lord knows he's horny 24 <laughs> 7. Well, that's probably true. But here's the major problem. Why would we have a Republican senator from South Carolina ready to go vote on radical gun control bills? They're going to hurt the very people that voted for him and put him in office. You see, South Carolina is not a blue state. Believe it or not, when you look at it, it's not blue. <laughs> it's not blue. No, no, South Carolina is a red state. It's red. Okay. I was in South Carolina. There's also a lot of green, a lot of gray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a state. 
It's a state, and there's a lot of gun owners in South Carolina, uh-huh. and they are not going to be very happy with the senator that they elected and sent to Washington, D.C. to represent <sighs> their values, to defend their freedoms, uh-huh. and protect their gun rights, and uphold the Constitution. They're not going to like it very much when he's up here helping Joe Biden pass his communist agenda <laughs> and Nancy oh. Pelosi's goulash <laughs> and Gestapo police, and they go ahead and destroy their Second Amendment rights. Rats. I don't wow. recall. <laughs> you are a psycho. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming. Again, none of this will destroy the Second Amendment of this country. As a matter of fact, I think it will strengthen Absolutely. the Second Amendment because then you won't have people saying we need to abolish the Second Amendment right. because hopefully gun violence will be curbed, which is the point. Law abiding citizens should not be um should not be demonized for the actions of a few. And certainly it is these people that cause these mass shootings where if you are a law abiding gun owner, you look at that like, God, it's like, God damn it, man, stop doing that. You're going to, you're going to mess with my rights. It reminds me of every every time I see somebody drunk on an airplane Uh, and I'm like, if you fuck this up for me, for all of us, us, if I don't have my bloody Marys on this flight, it's going to be, I'm going to be shaking. I'm six foot seven, three thirty. I could take the whole plane down. Oh "Oh, no. I'm getting scared up here. Do not make this man stick to a two-drink minimum, please. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Graham tweeted, I stand ready to vote on all proposals. I'm taking this one. I stand ready to vote on all proposals mentioned by President Biden tonight and encourage the Democratic leader to bring them forward for votes. Love it. Uh, Yeah. And then he says, hold on. Ham and biscuits, y'all. Ham and biscuits, y'all. He says, I also stand ready to work across the aisle to find common ground, something that was absent from President Biden's address to the nation. Oh, so anyway, wow. because- I'm open the idea. Wide open. Wow. seven, come and get it, y'all. Ham and biscuits. Man, he must be, it must be gay pride month because he's just so friendly. He's accepting. He wants guns. I'm just in a great mood all month. I don't know why. Oh, I, I don't recall. You know, it is, it is one of the sad things when it comes to, uh, his own role in uh, in demonizing the gay lifestyle is that he can't live his truth. Aww. What a miserable, miserable piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> Democrats obviously ultimately ultimately need 10 Senate Republicans. But there is something to be said about Lindsey Graham coming forward. And again, we're not talking about taking your guns away because, quite frankly, that will lead to, uh, I don't know, 150 million uh, ruby ridges all across this country. Oh, yeah. You know, it'll be like it'll be like Waco 2. fucking 10. 400 million guns out there now. Right. So we're kind of at a point now where I guess that was the intention to hold the government hostage from the perspective of the civilian. Critical mass. Critical mass. And of course, the worrisome thing is when you have over 50 percent of the Republican Party uh, saying that they think we're on the verge of a civil war. Hopefully people aren't gearing up for that. But it does seem, unfortunately, like that is the case. BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
And just lastly, on uh, on the guns, Matthew McConaughey, he gave a speech uh, in in the White House. He was at the White House. Ooh, cool day for the White House. They usually don't get Ugh. such superstars as Matthew McConaughey. And uh, it was, if you want to watch it, um, obviously, Uvalde, why is this people in the, immediately saying, why is this celebrity talking about guns? Why? Or they can say, like, why is this celebrity talking about guns? No one likes celebrities, and everyone really mm-hmm. likes when they talk out of turn unless they're playing the character that they love so much in movies. Right. However, <laughs> in this case, let's not forget, Matthew McConaughey is from Uvalde, mm-hmm. Texas. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. So yeah. he's actually from there. This is his that's community. So sad. And um, that's why I, I think that it's more than uh, appropriate right. Right. Uh, for him to discuss his pain the community's pain, and again, he uh, he discussed uh, a, raising the minimum wage to 21 and uh, a waiting period for purchases and, of course, nationwide red flag laws. And red flag laws are also something that many law enforcement officers want. There's a lot of cops who are like, hey, man, there's a lot of guns out there. It makes right. our job yeah, right. a little bit more difficult. And obviously, when we see how trigger happy the officers can be, uh, you just wonder if this is, again, just another example of the uh, dog chasing its own tail, but sadly, it's full of violence, blood, and guns. Yeah, I mean, with Matthew McConaughey especially, it was only a few months ago, it feels like, his name was uh, in the running for governor Mm -hmm. of Texas. People wanted him to run for that, Um, and obviously, he chose to stay involved in other ways. And uh, so I think this is a perfectly acceptable. Yes. Again, he's talking about his hometown to go to the White House uh, and and make sure that everyone knows that gun violence is not all right, all right, all it's right. It's not cool. Right. And it's not cool. And I mean, there wasn't a scene in Dazed and Confused where everyone was on lockdown. The right. worst that happened was the kids got ketchup and mustard sprayed on them during a hazing ritual where they had to wink like pigs. Exactly. And so I think, you know, if you watch. Oh, and the paddling. There was a paddling there was a scene. Paddling quite erotic. Scene, yes, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, no, Matthew McConaughey, he didn't focus on those issues. He didn't focus on his old movies. He was here to focus on the truth. He uh, talked about a lot of the injuries that the kids suffered. It's absolutely oh, heartbreaking. It's so check it out. I mean, this is yes. kind of what you have to do. Sometimes you need to bring along a celebrity to make people uh, wake the fuck up and listen. Yeah, especially someone who I think is loved uh, like Matthew McConaughey. And this isn't normal for him. Mm-hmm. You know, right. he's not one of those people. He doesn't. He's not, he's, he's not, not divisive. He's not divisive. Yeah. And he doesn't put his nose in every single mm-hmm. book and issue and think that his opinion matters. This is just something near and dear to his heart. Mm-hmm. And obviously, again, that's his community. And uh, to your point about, you know, what uh, FOP, Fraternal Orders of Police, have been yeah. saying, a lot of FOPs, and I remember this with Ohio, the, the, the bill that just got signed there, the constitutional carry, where you don't even have to notify the police officer. If you are carrying, you don't need to have a minimum anymore of, of training to have it. Um, you know, there's no longer a registry like it was when we had concealed carry. So it, it again, like we've said in the show before, it comes as one of these situations where it's like, okay, Republicans, do you back the blue or do you back the two? Because at Ugh. this point, the police are right. saying these constitutional carry laws are actually making their job harder. You're done with FOP. Please don't shoot me. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's the society that we are living in. And as we see, it's just not sustainable. It's right. not. not sustainable. It's critical mass. All right. Well, uh, go on. I, okay. So what what I'm trying to understand is, uh, okay, I don't have any kids. So, so I'm, you, I'm, you know, <laughs> I can get you a kid. So this story <laughs> is proxy, but I'm scared for kids going to school. Obviously, yeah. You know, like yeah. when I now when I go to the when I go to Walmart or any shopping center or when I go to a theater, it is technically a thought in my mind. Hey, someone could actually come in here and shoot us all because you know it. So I don't understand 
or I just I can't logic in my head how a person like Marjorie Taylor Greene or these anti-gun gun reform Republicans aren't don't have those same fears. Mm -hmm. Is it just a class thing because their kids are in private school or Could they be. never go to Walmarts or does that make sense? Like, cause There's I, that aspect cause, of it. Because I sure. feel like every American should feel this. Every American should be feeling the pressure of, hey, guns are actually a threat to every person, Absolutely. every single person here. And as we saw in uh, the horrific events at Mandalay Bay with Stephen Paddock, yes. uh, you know, that was a country festival. Jason Aldean, I believe, was performing. Yeah. You know, this is not partisan. Right. right. The kids in fucking Uvalda, who knows what they, they would have they grown up they, to be? Yeah, they don't matter. They been, exactly. Yeah. Like, right. you know, um, again, you know, you look at Columbine. It was uh, whatever. Yes. The fact that it's become politicized in the way that it is. It's uh, it's just absolutely disgusting. But speaking of disgusting policies and politicized movements and violence, the Proud Boys. Mm. <laughs> so let's discuss the Proud Boys. So the Justice Department has now charged leaders of the Proud Boys. Again, a joke that got way out of freaking hand and it turned into exceptionally serious charges of sedition. Oops. You know you're having a day when you're like... Oh, so anyway, honey, I've been charged with sedition against the federal <laughs> oh, government. No. Oh, that's fun, honey. What's going to happen now? <laughs> the sedition Those guys don't have wives. I'm correcting Oh, yes, yes, that's yes. very true. Good <laughs> point, okay. Fernando. I'll Thanks. just show myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the correction. Everyone is just like, Thank God, Larry's finally going to get off our fucking couch and go get charged with sedition. <laughs> so the, the seditious conspiracy charges, they were announced by a grand jury. Uh, they escalate the case against the Proud Boys and their leader, Enrique Terrio, mm -hmm. who will now face some of the most severe charges related to the Capitol attack again on uh, on the 6th of 2021, January. Uh, Donald Trump also recently, there's been some comments talking about how he wanted to go to the Capitol that day <sighs> and the Secret Service were sent scrambling because he's like, I'm going down there. Right. And, oh uh, but evidently he did not because, of course, he is... Uh, too lazy to do that even. And as we saw, or as we listened to in the last clip, I'm a proud boy. I got VIP tickets. He is fastly, quickly closing the door on these people that, again, literally mm -hmm. sacrificed their freedom mm -hmm. for their stupid love of an orange grifting liar. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's pretty unreal. And of course, I remember that HBO documentary that we watched, The Four Hours at the Capitol. Oh, brutal. Um, that, and that one we saw in real time, the Cowboys for Trump leader, basically realizing that wow. all the promises of pardons and everything, mm -hmm. you know, again, you got grifted. And you got the Mo Brooks of the world, the MTGs, you got the Lauren Boberts, uh, Paul Ghosters. Paul Ghoster. Why were they giving tours? All of that stuff. Hopefully, we get to the bottom of it. So, Enrique Terrio, the head of the Proud Boys, and then also the head of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes. Now, one of the things I don't want to pat ourselves on the butt too much, but the son of Stuart Rhodes and, and their family members came out against their father. Oh. Obviously, I can imagine it was quite a uh, horrible childhood <laughs> when everybody hates you and your family because your dad's a fascist. Right. Oh. Um, <laughs> My father had something, uh, he had a similar experience. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, being of uh, German descent. But the children were wearing a last podcast shirt when hey! they came out and said that we're against our father and we uh, denounced the Oath Keepers. Holy so moly. I'm happy that we're able to uh, encourage a group of young, smart, rational, thinking, Love loving it. people who also aren't sus cucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was awesome. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. And we really, it's great to have you here with us. And uh, yeah, when your dad is the head of the Oath Keepers, I can imagine you're going to need 
maybe some therapy. Just opinions. And, uh, just different opinions. You know? Oh, of course. I, I definitely <laughs> yeah. think it wasn't fun. Yeah. I would imagine living uh, with a with a member of a fascist organization is a really stressful childhood. It's going to make you want to listen to hundreds of hours of listening about serial killers and cults <laughs> just, and lighter stuff. Well, I think the cult is the proper term because uh-huh. indeed they grew up in a cult like the Oath Keepers and of course the Proud Boys. The definition of a cult as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the new indictments also include a second charge against the group, uh, conspiracy to prevent the police and Congress from discharging their official duties. Mm-hmm. And the indictment underscores DOJ's contention that the Proud Boys played a central role in stoking and amplifying the violence on January 6th. Mm. They say the group directed and mobilized the crowd and helped move people towards the foot of the Capitol. Uh, and also, of course, as we've seen in the documents, they removed the barricades. Uh, if you do, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, four hours at the Capitol is fantastic. And then also there's just a little 20 minute New York Times. And again, mm-hmm. take it or leave it as the Times. But this is a really great little documentary on YouTube mm-hmm. because all these idiots film themselves. Right. And it's just them. It's them. Yeah. So you really get to see just how crazy and violent and nasty, unorganized, but yet strangely organized it was. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the strange thing with a lot of these documentaries is if they did get nominated for Academy Awards, the director of photographies are the guys <laughs> committing the crimes. Yes. Here's how I feel about, about everything that's happening with this committee, though. Okay, those people do deserve the consequences. Everything, all those, the people that, that the you know, the, sedi- the seditionists, they all deserve the consequence. But if if Marjorie Taylor Greene and the people that basically aided and abetted aren't punished for this, right. then I I don't know. Then what was the point of all of it? I mean, we talked about that on this show a, a few months ago when they were starting to go mm-hmm. after specific congressional people. And of course, I love seeing a good headline with Jim Jordan, mm. Ohio congressman. Um, you know, he, when Benghazi was happening, he basically yes. was bringing in mm. and he was like, no, no member of Congress, you know, is immune from talking to Congress if we call you in. Now he's right. being called in. He's like, whoa, whoa, he's whoa, like whoa. well, I don't know if members of Congress should be called in like this. <laughs> but that's what we highlighted is that there's different consequences for these people on the outside as opposed to these people on the inside. I mean, absolutely. MTG was in the building. Lauren Boebert was in the building. They were in the building on January 6th. And then if you listen to when she was under oath, she was like, I was scared. I was scared. I was, I was scared. I was I was, I was scared I couldn't get to my workout <laughs> and do my Pilates. I think they would have high-fived you and let you go right on through. Okay. Speaking of the tip of the spear, uh, which is Trump, uh, according to now this recently uh, released document, uh, the Secret Service, so Trump and the, on the Secret Service had devised a plan for him to join his supporters on the march to the Capitol from the park near the White House, where he was going to be leading a rally that he predicted would be, be, would be quote, wild. Oh my God. Now, the agency was like, can you not do that, please? Because the audience is going to be 30,000 people. And Trump seriously wanted to just drive his motorcade through it. And that just, again, shows you who was leading the charge. He literally wanted right. to be... George Washington leading the charge. He wanted to have his fake, you know, uh, horse and pony show mm-hmm. where it looked like he was the leader. Wow. But thankfully that didn't happen. The Secret Service was able to say, buddy, that is just a bridge too far. Of course, no permit had ever been had been issued for such march, although Trump did tell his allies on social media uh, platforms that uh, that was the only way to pressure Congress and have them not certify the election. So it goes all the way to the tippy top. 
And my God almighty, as we're seeing now, what is going to happen as the Proud Boys get disenchanted with the Trump movement? Wow. Mm-hmm. Travis, perhaps you can fill us in a little bit in with what's going on with the Libertarian Party as you were at the convention this past weekend. And just my two sentences, it seems like it's getting a bit fascist fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, when it takes place over a weekend, it does feel pretty fast. (laughs) Um, Obviously, for anyone who's keeping up with America's biggest little political party, we had our uh, biannual convention in America's biggest little city, Reno. Reno. And uh, yeah, it is interesting. I'm Janet Reno. Play my song. Uh, that Will I Ferrell sketch. Janet Reno. <laughs> you don't remember that? You're I'm, not exactly my age. I'm not a fan of Will, Will Ferrell either. Will I'm Ferrell. Sorry. You are such a hater, Fernando. <laughs> so he is sorry. king Will hater. Will Ferrell did the, the best. Will Ferrell king did the best hater. Janet Reno. Where he just, bring you before the Congress. In, he bust in through a wall just like Janet Reno. Like, what's up, Billy boy? And then and then uh, Daryl Hammond is Bill Clinton. I'm like, oh, Janet, good to see you. Play my song. Anyway, continue on. So uh, what's interesting about the Proud Boys Cowboys for Trump, a lot of these groups, these kind of these alt-right, far-right groups, Boogaloo Boys. Uh, yes. You know why they call themselves Boogaloo Boys? <laughs> why again? Civil War II electric Boogaloo. And so oh, yeah. dear, they were basically prepping for that. That's wow. fantastic. That's I always, always love fun. my Civil Wars to rhyme. So funny. Yeah, right? You need to have some puns <laughs> and some Hawaiian shirts in there. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of these folks who, again, kind of part of the alt-right, extreme right, and they're starting to make their way over to the Libertarian Party, especially over the last two or three years during Trump, during the lockdowns, especially when Republican governors and Republican presidents like Trump were actually um, coming out in favor of the masking policies, the social distancing, some of the lockdowns, not Mm -hmm. all of the lockdowns, um, but a lot of those uh, actions by Republican governors, Republican public servants drove alt-right folks even further right, and they found the Libertarian Party. Now, right. I'm growing up, I'd always heard the Libertarian Party was a further right Republican Party, et cetera, et cetera. But my experience with it historically, at least over the last 10, 12 years, you know, I was a, an anti-war Democrat, mm-hmm. and I found the Libertarians because of Ron Paul, who's an anti-war Republican, and so that is essentially how I got involved with the Libertarian Party about 10 or 12 years ago. You know, right. they were they were for things like gay marriage, they were for legalizing weed, mm-hmm. um, all these things that. Since then, since I joined in 2010, 2012, have come true. Uh, maybe not more or less because of the Libertarian Party, but certainly public opinion was always kind of going that way. So right. I always respect the Libertarian Party for and, that. And in that way, they were a positive thing for people who might uh, align with the Republican Party, being pro-gay marriage, pro-legalization of marijuana right. from a monetary sense. Leave us alone, you know, just don't mm-hmm. tread on us and we won't tread on you. But much like what's gone on with the ACLU when it comes to no longer defending free speech, the Libertarian party has now seems to me become the party of tread it seems mm-hmm. like it's becoming the party that is treading on other people across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in texas it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And just briefly, when it comes to the ACLU, I'm always looking for new uh, 
institutions that help protect our First Amendment. And I've looked into this group. It's called FIRE, and it's the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. So look into them. Uh, it is uh, It wants to have the culture of free speech, obviously, expanded. And it seems as if it's picking up a little bit where uh, the ACLU has kind of dropped the ball. And I really hope the ACLU comes back to its roots. Uh, FIRE is led by a left-wing Boston attorney and civil libertarian, Harvey Silvergate, and a conservative-leaning University of Pennsylvania history professor, Alan Kors. So look into that, as I believe they're fighting a good fight for the First Amendment. But anyway, continue on, Travis, when it comes to the libertarians in Reno, obviously speech, they felt like it was being stifled. They felt like their um, rights as citizens were being stifled with a series of mandates, which I'm against mandates, um, but also the way that they react and their ideas are not the answer. But anyway, go on. Well, yeah, I think there was a, mm -hmm. a backlash against the Libertarian Party with how they dealt with 2020. I mean, the the usual Libertarian philosophy would be, well, if you want to wear a mask, you you can wear a mask. Right. right. Um, you know, no mandates from the government. It's kind of similar to to things that Ben was saying um, and that we focused on on this show. But again, uh, the, the big division between this libertarian movement and the people who have just taken over the libertarian party was about the messaging about COVID and the mandates mm. and the lockdowns. And so the people who have taken over are, are a little bit further right, perhaps, uh, than some libertarians would like to be. Well, they're just straight up fascist sounding. Well, and that's kind of what's interesting. They've, they've, were successful in getting multiple people elected to the party committee, the the party political structure. A self-proclaimed takeover. Uh, a self-proclaimed takeover by these folks. Um, they call themselves the Mises Caucus. Okay. And they're very Ron Paul fascinated, Ron Paul driven. And of course, I was a Ron Paul kid, but you know, eventually I moved away from Ron Paul. Everything that I liked about Ron Paul they don't like and everything I didn't <laughs> like they do like mainly the racism yeah the the accusations of bigotry racism right. homophobia that Ron Paul was was hit with multiple times since 2008 and 2012 runs for president um, and those were things that when you went to the Libertarian Party it was like oh well I don't need to deal with those things here um, so this group they've taken over the Libertarian Party the a lot of the committee structure chairman vice chair a lot of committee positions they were also successful in getting um, our pro-choice provision removed from the party platform, Whoa. which means now the Libertarian Party is not necessarily pro-choice. Pro wow. That is completely antithesis to the Libertarian Party. Wow. They were also successful in getting an anti-bigotry um, a derogatory speech <laughs> provision out of the Libertarian Party platform. So there's a lot of old school libertarians who I've known for a long time. A lot of them are quitting. A lot of them are moving their political energy elsewhere. Right. Um, but at the same time, you have this new group of people who are coming in with a lot of energy and they're bringing some money. But the the idea is, well, what, what is their ultimate goal? What do they want with the Libertarian Party? This vessel, this infrastructure they think they've taken over when really they're also simultaneously driving out a lot of the old school people who right. Right. kept the whole thing afloat. Taking over the Libertarian Party is like buying a boat. Sure. The first day is fantastic. <laughs> oh, I and see you know what else saying. is the first day? Mm -hmm. The last. Right. <laughs> it sucks. Well, and take, it's paperwork. It's nonsense. It sucks. It's salty filings. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and if you fuck up, you go to jail. Yeah, and it's ballot access, which is the bread and butter of the Libertarian <sighs> Party. I mean, again, they're the third largest political party in America, but by a real long ways right, away. Right. It's a distant third, but the one thing they've done right, especially in the last few years, is maintain ballot access in all 50 states. And when something like that goes away, then you're on the ballot less, and then you're less of a relevant 
political party in general. And that's kind of the idea. Do you want to be an edgy podcast with edgy messaging or do you want to be a political party that gets people elected and gets people to... Uh, make policies that are more free and independent. And and of course, when it comes to being edgy, it's the single simplest thing that one can do. Being rational, reasonable, and telling the truth, even if people disagree with it, is difficult. Right. But being edgy, pretty fucking simple. It doesn't take a talent to be mean. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, and you, it, I know. That's why you are talented <laughs> unless you're talking about comedy. Yeah. And, and again, the term takeover is like the least libertarian term you can use t- <laughs> in terms of, you know, when I got involved with the party, I just joined. Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't uh, take it over. I so. am sorry, but if you want to start, I'm sorry, go on for now. I was no. just going to say, just if you want to control people's wombs, uh, you're not a libertarian. Anyway, go on. So, yeah. so that, my question is then, are they destroying themselves then? Because if what they, if they remove ballot access and they're so far as, it, you know, they're the, like you, you said, they're the third biggest party in, in the country, but they're very far third. So if they cannot vote, they're destroying themselves. Do they not see that? I don't think they see it that way. I because think, they, they think yet. they're going to align with the right and just kind of merge with them. I think, yeah, I think they just see themselves as this energetic group that's going to grow and grow and grow. And, you know, again, I'm on the ballot access committee, full, uh, you know, course, disclosure here. Yeah. Um, disclosure and exposure. Whoa, <laughs> he took it you. out, put your pants on tubing. <laughs> Whoa, put it away. Nice. Um, but I'm on the ballot access committee, you know, for at least a, a few more months. And I'm happy to give these folks two years. Um, but it's, I, I agree, it's something we've been focusing on this show is the alt-right they start to eat themselves the the snake the don't tread on me snake is starting the to eat its own yeah. tail and you see it with the proud boys you see it with the booglo boys you see it with cowboys for trump right. and i'm worried that at some point we're going to see it in the next two years with these new folks who have taken over the libertarian party proud boys boogaloo boys oath keepers they all sound like they could just be it's like boning each other in a patient. It really is. <laughs> Where are the founding fathers? <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, just lastly, violence is never okay. And we're living in such tense times. So there was a firebombing at a pro-life center in Buffalo. Oh, that's so sad. Just stop. You know, it is. this is what happens when you have a Supreme Court that is going to completely destabilize and take over a Fourth Amendment, take away a Fourth Amendment mm-hmm. right. And right. it's horrible. Right. There was also some pro-choice activists who stripped during Joel Osteen's church service. I just saw Joel Osteen. Don't make him horny. <laughs> I don't I don't fully understand the whole stripping thing. Maybe I'm I guess it does garner attention. Yeah. I mean it's but, Christian, um, you know. So I, I guess. So anyway, they are mm. the 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 backlash when it comes to the uh, release of the Supreme Court document saying that they're going to outlaw Roe v. Wade or do away with Roe v. Wade. Uh, It continues in the country and you can, it's just, Mm. it's horrible. And we just need to ensure people's rights. And that is why you pro-choice. You just don't know what people are going through. You cannot put yourself in their shoes. Right. You don't know what's happening. And on the other side of that, with the new Libertarian Party, it seems like their main focus is thinking that drag shows are yucky. Oh, right. Which again, I saw who that. the fuck gives a shit? Uh, yeah, Libertarians should not be tweeting what are you or messaging about? anything about children being at drag it's shows. More conservative than Trump. At least Trump, like Trump didn't give a shit. Oh, I right. mean, that's not true. The military ban. Right. When we were at like Politicon, for example, mm-hmm. there's a lot. Of, Trump has a, let's say, wacky. Right. Fan base right. in many in many um right. I've seen uh, tons aspects. of pictures of kids holding guns, seen tons of pictures of kids next to very bikini clad gun toting women. Right. right. You know, and the, to me, they're they're well, not uh, yeah. they also use kids as a straw man. Exactly. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Most people right. at a drag show are not uh, yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. So uh, the Libertarian Party, as we know it, is officially dead. Will it be revived? Will it come back for around, oh, I don't know, 39 or whatever? It's been around for about 50 years. But <laughs> it's as Travis, 50 year party. You, t- you told me this the other day, 50 years tends to be the lifespan of a third party. Yeah. If you're really wow. looking at the third political parties that have come and gone in American history, they're usually based around issues, um, very issue based, and they would inject their issues, and those issues would eventually get absorbed by one of the two main political parties. And and we saw that with the creation, you know, the, the Whig party in the 1800s. If you go back and listen to our President's Day episode, <laughs> you can learn more about those <laughs> funny ass wigs. Yes, indeed. But as they dissolved in abolition, you know, the uh, abolition of slavery became a very popular movement in the early 1800s in this country. That's what gave us the Republican Party. And then eventually anti-slavery abolition became mainstream. Mm-hmm. And this cycle kind of re- repeats itself every 50 years where we have third political parties. They fight for something for about 50 years and then they get absorbed into one of the big two parties. And you know someone's political argument carries no water when they're like, but what about the kids? They use the same thing for pornography, the same thing for legalization of marijuana, mm. the same thing for gay marriage, the same thing uh, for having uh, censor l- labels on your favorite uh, albums. What about the kids? Right. It's Raise about- your own fucking kid. Yeah. <laughs> okay? And yeah. then you, you, so you tell your kid what to listen to and right. we're, I'm an adult now. That is the thing. So, it's like, be a better parent and you won't have to worry about all this stuff coming wow. to take your kids jd vance he's going to ban that porn my worry is that at least before we got good rights we got like child labor laws and stuff by the what the third parties were injecting right yeah. i worry that what the third parties are injecting in this election in sure. this cycle is the the scary stuff and that if we i don't see want. one drag show in my town i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna arrest a citizen's arrest so citizens parents don't arrest. have the right to decide where they're gonna take their kids ben is no, that I'm, are you a republican telling me parents don't have rights over where their kids should go that would be that would be case. the libertarian premise in this case well and well, also the the 50 years year um of the 1900s was a, a segregationist movement. So you had Strom Thurmond run in eight, 1948. God, that man, I can't believe he was alive in our lifetime. I know. he. Yeah, he was still very alive <laughs> when we were alive. But Ugh. also in 1948, he ran on the segregationist platform. And I believe he won a couple of states. Of course, George Wallace was a candidate in 1968. He won four states, all Southern states, um, the, with the American Independent Party. So again, we have to be flexible in this country. The experiment continues. Mm-hmm. And please, God, we just have to, we got to continue to let it go. But like all sciences, this is like, you know, you test and fail. Right. And hopefully we can test and succeed one of these days. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. It's not a failure. It's a learning experience. Ben. Learning experience. Oh, I don't recall. I don't recall. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for recalling this show and for talking about it and for retweeting it. Y'all are wonderful. Um And yeah, we hope you're doing well out there. We'll be back a little bit later on this week. And we can't wait to see everyone June 18th in Nashville. Nashville. We're we're still not sure what we're going to do, but it's going to be fun. It's five minutes. It's America. It's America. It's going to be an America. Yeah. I I got a lot of loose skin. Maybe I'll paint the American flag on me and then we can wiggle it. (laughs) We can wiggle it. And it's like the the flag's waving. We can recreate uh, Hiroshima. 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 Awesome. Oh, all right, everyone. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.